It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
This is how we do it, folks. It's so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. This is your Tuesday episode. Uh, it's January... Don't tell me. It's January 3rd. It's Tuesday, January 3rd. I'm almost positive that it's January 3rd. I really, really hope... <laughs> you know what? Let me check my calendar. One sec. Recording stopped. Okay, folks, I was right. January 3rd, it's Tuesday, we're safe. How is everybody's beginning of the new year? Is it good? Uh, is everybody sticking to their New Year's resolutions? Uh, just so you guys can follow along, uh, along at home, this is day two of me being off the sauce. And of course, when I say the sauce, I mean Diet Coke. And I have to tell you, it's uh, it's not been great. Like, I've... I'm at, like, I've Sad to admit that I'm like at a he- I'm a headaches. I'm getting headaches from that's how you know. Like there's got to be like four two liter bottles of Diet Coke that has not entered my body so far this year, and my body's expecting it. It's just it's horrible. It's tragic, but I'm sticking to it. Day two. I mean, listen, life has lost all meaning and sense of enjoyment at this part. But you know, if I need to do it just to prove to you guys I can do it and prove to myself I'm going to do it. So day two, no Diet Coke. How how is yours, you guys? Is are you sticking? Has everybody lost all the weight they wanted to lose already this year? Has everybody learned their new languages? Has everybody called and made amends to all their friends? Is that AA or is that New Year's? I always get those things mixed up. But I hope you're having a good start to uh, to the new year. Um, this is when, and you know what? I might have to quit podcasting because this is when I would just grab the big thing of Diet Coke with the good ice. And I would just sip it as I recap shows. And now I have no interest in doing podcasting anymore at all. I just want to go to sleep. I'm kidding for the most part. You guys, we're going to do a couple entertainment stories, talk about the New Year's, and then we're going to go into Real Housewives of Miami Episode 3, baby, over on Peacock. You don't even need Peacock to enjoy it. This season is awesome. If you want to hear me try to do just horrific imitations of these ladies, this is the recap for you. And also remember, there's timestamps on these shows, so you can skip directly to that. We did a pop culture roundup with Sophie today. Uh, It was pretty goofy. I really didn't think we'd put out a show, but we did, so hopefully you enjoyed that. Shout out to all my Patreon baddie members. Thank you for sticking with us over there. I've got some things planned for this week. Um, Let's see. I want to talk about New Year's, but I do want to talk about tonight in about 35 minutes, the Lamar Odom uh, special on Fox airs. Have you guys heard about, I know I've talked about this before, but it airs tonight. It's produced by TMZ, so you know it's good. And Fox put this on prime time. And then tomorrow it's going to be on Hulu, but just the title alone is just not great. It's the title of this is called TMZ presents Lamar Odom, sex, drugs, and Kardashians. I imagine if you're the Kardashians, you're like, wait, you had to throw our name in there, please. My God. But Lamar Odom is doing an hour long special where he talks about how much he did drugs like behind Chloe's back and hooked up with all these girls. And then he makes accusations like Dennis Hoff. The, he's now dead, but the owner of that brothel that he had a stroke at, she, he says she was trying to he was trying to kill him. Like, I'm like, I got to watch this, but I, I'm not going to stay up tonight and watch it. So I might do a special Patreon episode just on the Lamar Odom special. We'll talk about the highlights later on this week on that. But my God. God, could you wait? Just take okay. Think about your world's shittiest boyfriend or girlfriend, the one that really 
really hurt you in so many ways. And then imagine turning on TV and going, tonight on Fox, 9 p.m., <laughs> Ryan Bailey's ex. All the like, it would be your worst flipping nightmare. So you know I gotta watch that bad boy. And also, I'm still curious because it go. They keep advertising that it goes on Hulu tomorrow, and Hulu has an exclusive deal. I thought with the Kardashians. So Kris Jenner, I don't put anything past her. Where I'm like, I bet she's a producer on this show. I bet she's like Lamar. Would you be willing to talk about all the shit you did behind my daughter's back? There's a paycheck in it for you. He's like, okay. But imagine when you get to that point of your career. We see this all the time in pop culture um, where you need new revenue streams because you cannot play basketball anymore. And so we found like last year, I mean, rest in peace, but he he did a, uh, a celebrity boxing match with Aaron Carter, I believe. And, and thankfully he won. But, you know, we're at that point of your career where you can't even get Dancing with the Stars. So then you're having to sell like Kardashians, you're having to put Kardashian name, even though you're not even married to Chloe anymore, in things just so you can get a paycheck. And like, I mean, wouldn't that be the worst of having to keep making money off your worst mistakes in your life? Like, he seems sober in this, but like, how would that, I just feel like you would open yourself up to so much criticism. Yeah, I mean, all of a sudden you're going to have weird guys on podcasts talking about it and stuff. So, uh, I mean, I I'm very excited to watch it, but it kind of just shows you how bizarre what entertainment is these days. Okay, uh, I was interested in this, you know, New Year's. The concept of New Year's Eve, New Year's, and the holidays in general, uh, because I'm a depressive, there is this natural sadness that I put with everything, right? And I do this with everything. I will even make housewives scenes where I'll watch it like a different time and I'll get really sad. I'll be like, well, it was really emotional when Dorinda uh, broke up with John Medesian. I, uh... I worry about that, you know, like you, you get emotional depending on the time of year that you watch these things. And I was thinking like that's uh, old, old Lang Syne, the song like may old acquaintance be forgot. So you want to know what that means? I had to remind myself, old Lang Syne was originally a Scottish poem that was later set to music. And the phrase old Lang Syne translates literally to old long since in English. And it means something kind of like time goes by. Time goes by. And right there, I'm like, <laughs> I'm at, listen, this Diet Coke, like, I'm like crying at like Pampers commercials right now. I'm like, everything's emotional. But it means time goes by. And then I was thinking, Old Lang Syne, it, you know, you have the, the New Year's Eve song that everybody sings and it's at the end of It's a Wonderful Life. But how I remember that phrase in the beginning was driving around. I remember this specifically in Olathe, Kansas, where I grew up. You know, you'd be in the car with your parents and they would be on their easy listening station or whatever it was. And I remember this song called Same Old Lang Syne by an artist who's since passed away. Called, his name is Dan Fogelberg. And his name, like, you know, you want to talk about a, a soft rock god. Like, the name Dan Fogelberg is just, you know, like, that's not a hard rock name. That's a like soft rock name. But I'll, I'll tell you, this same old Lang Syne, I remember, this is how weird of a kid I was, though. I heard this at, like, 11 or 10 years old. Not, I'm probably, it was, like, eight, I don't know what year it was. And it tells the story, you guys, of this guy who goes to a grocery store like on Christmas Eve and bumps into his ex from a long time ago and they talk about the memories of the new year. It, and I remember 
This was just so me, is that I would always put myself in these songs. I would like, I remember when a man loves a woman, I remember like imagining me eventually loving a woman. I remember that there was, my dad was into the Eagles, so I would like borrow his Hotel California album. And there was this really sad uh, Don Henley song on there. Um, what is the Don Henley song from Hotel California that always makes me cry? Um, waste, oh, Wasted Time. Wasted Time. And I was like, I got to win nine or 10 and I'm sitting here daydreaming about having full relationships that have broken up. Like, like imagine a 10 year old never being in a relationship, but already fantasizing about one day breaking up in relationships and being sad about it on major holidays. That is exactly. So this same old anxiety, the lyrics are this, uh, and I'm going to play you some of this just to see if I cry. This will be a great uh, thing to tune in on YouTube. But it starts off, met my old lover in the grocery store. The snow was falling Christmas Eve. Um, I stole behind her in the frozen foods and I touched her on the sleeve. Literally, this is a sad song, but if you just read these lyrics, it kind of, it's very Dahmer-esque. And already it's like, in this day and age, this song wouldn't fly. This song came out in the 80s, but now it'd be like, you know what? This is, um, you know, why don't you leave the lady alone in the grocery store? This where, here, let's play the uh, the beginning of this and see what you guys... Uh, what do you guys think here? Here we go. Mm. See, it's like smooth. The piano. Just it hits me already. The music hits me and I just sense memory. I start like tearing up. Sing it, Dan. Sing it. Damn it. I can picture this. Ooh. How many rock songs has frozen foods in the lyrics? She didn't recognize the face at first. She went to hug me and she spilled her purse. And we laughed until we cried. I love that. I love her purse spill, like spills, and he's like, ha, 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 you fucking loser. You you did it all in the grocery store. But if you heard it from the female's perspective, she's probably scared shitless. She's probably literally like, my old boyfriend's stalking me again in this grocery store, and it's Christmas Eve. And I like how it keeps going. We took her groceries to the checkout stand. <laughs> the food was totaled up and bagged. I like that he shouts out grocery stores and the mundaneness of bagging groceries. All of a sudden, they're having drinks. They bought a six-pack at the liquor store, and they drank it in her car. All of a sudden, they're drinking in a car. Try to reach beyond the emptiness, but neither one knew how. Come on, doesn't that break your heart? She married an architect, you guys. And he made her feel safe. She'd like to say she loved the man, but she didn't want to lie. What? He complimented her looks. Creepy. 
We were drinking in a car. He looked in her eyes and she he couldn't say if he saw doubt or gratitude. Yeah, he's in the record store because he's a big musician now. Dan Fogelberg, rock god. Like a rock star. It's kind of the same as a podcaster. me to have this, you guys. Oh, this breaks my heart. We drank a toast Now we skip ahead a little bit, and they're they, they're all talked out. So this is where it starts. She got out of the car they were drinking, and he watched her walk away. Just for a moment, he was back in school. That familiar pain, you guys. Oh. As I turn to make my way back home, the snow turned into rain. Wow. And then this song. Guess what happens now? They hit in the same old anxiety, huh? The song. <laughs> you guys, I apologize. Um, I f- I fully apologize because you have to realize I I do my own sounds. I think you can tell. Oh my god, the sound keeps moving up for some reason. The recording level. I think this is like I think Lisa Rinna is like, hey Ryan, I'm gonna screw with your machine. <laughs> like I'm watching the record level go up when I keep pushing it down. Anyways. Wasn't that Dan Fogelberg song just gorgeous? Man, the 80s. What a sound. I just, the balls. I mean, rest in peace, Dan Fogelberg, but the balls to go out there and have the name Dan Fogelberg and and just rock so hard with that song. That is soft rock at its best. And I'm telling you, as an 11-year-old boy, that was, I was dreaming of one day being in a grocery store at Christmas Eve and just randomly bumping into an ex. And then I love how the song just takes you then to a car where there wasn't a bar open, so they got a six-pack and drank in his car. I mean, then I'm like, what are we, like, then he just went and drove home drunk, and then all of a sudden it started snowing? Anyways, it's very beautiful, and I cry usually every, when I want, there, there are those songs, right, you guys, where we put on when we want to feel sad like i used to do and the first year of this show at the very end it would call so sad it's good and i would play my favorite sad songs so you had a lot of bon Iver and sufian stevens and rem and a lot of these things because there are so many things as a kid i just remember i was always like more geared towards wanting to feel sad if that makes sense um also the new york times New York Times said, I thought this was actually interesting, and I wanted to say this. They're doing a seven-day happiness challenge where they are telling you each day something new to do. Day one on the first, they said to take stock of your relationships, that uh, strong relationships are what makes for a happy life. And I, I said, you know what? The happiest parts of my last year was because of you guys, and I know this is kind of a different kind of relationship, but I really appreciate this. Day two, they say the secret power of the eight-minute phone call, and they challenge you guys to call somebody that you haven't spoken to in a while while 
and just give yourself an eight-minute time frame. And in those eight minutes, you can do so much, they say. So I have not done that yet. Tomorrow will be the making of an eight-minute phone call. And I'll tell you each day what the New York... And by the way, New York Times, who knows? This is going to be completely full of crap. But I'm like, okay, eight-minute phone call. I can do eight minutes. It's like eight-minute abs, you know? Like they had that video, the eight-minute abs. And I was like, oh, maybe if I do eight-minute abs all year, I'll have a ab. Um, There's a lot of stuff going on pop culture-wise, so let's get to some of those stories before we get into the Miami recap. Wow, (laughs) I just can't imagine, because I'm trying to record this for YouTube as well, you guys, so I'm like hitting stop, record, stop, record on three different programs. It's going to make... I I need to be in a studio so badly. Um, Oh my God, Real Housewives of Potomac on Sunday night. I got to watch it today. And what the fuck is up with that show? It's it's like the best players in the world, but the worst storylines of any housewife show right now. It's just painfully bad. And listen, I've had my issues with Candace Dillard Bassett, uh, you know, for, you know, it all started during that Monique season when I really disliked her. But now I really am getting to like her and I'm kind of empathizing because it is so weird how these women are all out to try to target Chris as some kind of creepy dude making moves on people. And I'm like, you know, the balls on this after you had Michael Darby on the show, literally like sexually assault crew members. And then Chris, who's usually just minding his own business, making food and growing out his beard. And then you're trying to like all these random girls and the one girl, you guys, I mean, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody's look, but Candace said it best was that this girl had a Sesame street look to her. It's like, She's like, Chris, Chris did things to me. Chris was very friendly to me at the bar. And I'm like, even me, I'm like, wait a sec. And the thing is, they have the footage of it and you get to see how perspective is everything, right? How context is key in these shows. One person telling us a story does not a story make it true, you know? And so we see it from these two different angles, from this lady saying that Chris hit on her from the actual then scene where it's the same dialogue but a completely different intention where you could tell Chris was born like, oh yeah, cool. A lot of people's names is Chris. That's very cool. Okay. Good to meet you. Good to meet you. And then try to say that Wendy, Dr. Wendy's husband, Eddie was hitting on her too. And called, we call him smiley Eddie. And I'm like, Eddie smiles at anything. And even Eddie was smiling about being called smiley Eddie, smiling Eddie. It's like this girl, no offense, but like, if you're going to say that everybody hits on you, you damn well, better be a 12 out of 10. You better be like uh, an insane knockout. But I don't want to, it just, what made it funny is that she kind of isn't. I don't know her personality very much because she's only been featured uh, a couple of episodes. But then you have this other friendship, this Jacqueline and Mia friendship that they're really trying to shove down our throats. But I don't think we know or like Mia enough yet to really trust having a storyline with a new friend that they're bringing on. Now, Karen Huger doing her stand up, not her stand up, doing her show at the improv. Listen, it's always going to be entertaining. It's it, it it's going to always do enough. Like, listen, is it better than Salt Lake City? Yeah. I mean, Salt Lake City solely exists right now in just this weird multiverse that it's it works because it doesn't work at all. It's painful to watch, and in a way, that makes it work. But this Potomac, it just bums me out because every one of those players on that team is so damn good. 
It's just that they don't have the storylines this season. And what they're trying to focus on is these relationship things that just don't, there's no, there's no mileage in them. So none of us can take it seriously. And it just lets the air out of the whole show, if that makes sense. So I I, I enjoy watching it, but you're kind of like, oh man, they just did, they just don't seem to have the stories this year. And that's fine. You know, it doesn't make, but also the, the Giselle shit after people, it's played out, especially when you don't come clean with your relationship with Jamal ever. And how that all went down. But anyways, that's all out there. Sister Wise, of course, was part two of the reunion on Sunday night. And if you want to hear a guy whine and moan, you can listen to this show, but you could also watch uh, Sister Wives episode two because there was this great moment where he comes in and he tries to hug the host. She makes it real clear she's not going to hug him. And they, I, it's like, I live for those moments because I've been in those moments so many times where I'm like, okay, we're doing the handshake. Okay, okay, no, 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 I got no, no, no. But Cody also is just a creep and a half. And I'm sorry. I do not like old brows, old uh, Robin, you know, bro, which, by the way, congrats to Robin for bringing down the brows. She's not coloring them in as heavy. And it works. I will compliment it. You look very nice with natural brows instead of whatever in the hell Burton or anything you were doing for the last couple of years, seasons. But it's hard because this guy is just a whiner. This guy really, I mean, it's like I understand when women complain about men, like I then think about people like Cody and I'm like, they're right. They're damn right. Cause this Cody cannot see what's going on from a mile away. And he thinks he is the one he's like, you know, who's really being persecuted. The white man, <laughs> these, these women aren't listening to their husband. And that's what's, you know, it is so, he is so off. And listen, I almost bought a cameo from him. It was like a hundred bucks. And I was like, I, don't want to waste a hundred dollars on like that. But then a part of me was like, it would have been funny to be like, Cody, I'm like, I'm so pro you, Cody. How you hanging in there, man? Remember men rule women suck. You, you deserve all the wives in the world, Cody. So that was, I'm kind of sad. The season's over, but good news. They are filming a new season. Christine is in it. She's already filming, so don't worry. They have a new season. Also, we talked about uh, the Jeremy Renner story. It happened last night, right when I was recording the intro, and he was airlifted, and we've got a couple little more pieces of the information. His bobcat, uh, he was trying to uh, make a path because his his uh, lodge in Tahoe got snowed in, like it did for a lot of people. Uh, they got snowed in, but he had machinery, like this, you know, Tons, like, you know, weighing tons of machinery. And this machinery should have stopped and it supposedly rolled over his leg. And also, uh, there was a chest uh, problems as well. So he is in critical condition, but it says he is talking and aware. So hopefully everything is all right with him because that, I mean, the more I read about it, I was just like, holy moly. Also, remember today, if you are, and I know this is weird because pop culture it's like reality shows, but we've made true crime pop culture. If you are following those Idaho murders, remember today is the extradition trial. I believe it's at, I believe it's at like 11, like 2 PM Eastern standard time. If that's something of interest to you, this, this Brian guy, that's allegedly the murderer. Um, they're going to extradite him back to Idaho. So that, uh, extradition trial will be on and it's going to be probably on all the news things. So, um, also this was really crazy. I know this isn't a sports show, but this has been all the news tonight as I was getting ready for this. Uh, the Buffalo Bills were playing the Cincinnati Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals, which is Sophie's team. And in the first quarter, Damar Hamlin 
is uh, he got hit, and the hit didn't look insane. I mean, like, listen, any hit's going to hurt me, but this, by NFL standards, didn't look insane. But then he immediately got up, and he just went down like a rag doll. And they were giving him CPR, and it was really dramatic to watch. And all the players took a knee around him. The ambulance finally came. He is now uh, currently in critical condition at a nearby hospital. So please send out your prayers for DeMar Hamilton. Also, this leads us right into to Miami. Well, actually, Jen Shaw, speaking of sports, did go to her husband's game at the Rose Bowl today. If you guys uh, if you guys were wondering if she was there, she was there in Pasadena, and she looked fierce, you guys. And then I was looking at people's tweets like, Jen, I would be honored if you would join our tailgating party. I'm like, stop. No, stop treating criminals like celebrities. This is like the fucking, like, even you, about the Idaho murders. This guy, Brian, that, you know, it seems like he almost wants to have a Netflix series for him one day. Stop making criminal celebrities. Stop it. There's like actual good people in the world that we can look up to and make them celebrities. But no, don't be honored if you come to my tailgate. I'd be honored if you let me fart in your face, Jen Shaw, please. But remember, the Friday is the sentencing for that. We will be covering that potentially live on here. And then leading us into Miami, which I swear will be a lot of fun and funny. But we had uh, horrible news today. Uh, and this does involve Miami that uh, Julia's wife, Martina Natratilova, I always uh, say that name, not amazing, Nav- Navratilova, She uh, announced today that she was diagnosed with stage one throat cancer and then also early stage breast cancer was rediscovered. Um, And what's so interesting is that I'm not such a huge fan of sports, as you guys know, but everything I've read about her and people writing about her was saying, you know, really what she means to tennis and what a warrior she is. And that's really what it takes, I think, to fight things like this. And she even said Listen, needless to say, my phone and Twitter are both blowing up, so I'll say thank you for all your support, and I am not done yet. And I just think, like, that's probably the competitor in her of, like, listen, things are going to suck for a while, but I'm going get, to get through this. And I think that is such a great message to have um, to put out there is that things will be bad for a little bit, but uh, hopefully in the end this will be better. And that's what I trying to kind of relay to my mom as well, who she's going through that stuff. And I don't really want to give an update on that yet, but I'll I'll do that later in the week. But let's get into Miami. Let's get into the... Dun, 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 listen to Miami, baby. Okay, so this is Real Housewives of Miami, episode three. Uh, This is on Peacock, but like I said, you don't need to have it. I'm going to walk you through the entire episode. It's called Date Night Disaster, which is what I've called all of my date nights. Thank you, Dan Fogelberg. Um, This is season five, episode three. The description they give the cable company, which I always think gives you context clues for the episode. It says, Alexia questions whether Adriana's wedding date is married. Ooh, Lisa's date night with Lenny goes awry. And I'm like, dude, your whole marriage has gone awry. And let me just say to you, Katarina Zarempa, or whatever your name is, Katarina Mazeppa is her name. She's a fashion model. This is the other woman that Lenny has like been perving out on for the last couple of years. This uh, Instagram account, I live for Bravo, 
found um, that they had been leaving each other comments, like little emojis. Like it's like the same emoji for a year for like, like at least over a year. So I always think that's creepy. It seems like he had a thing for her for a very long time. And you like, it just really upsetting to see that he truly has left his wife for this 27 year old who is married as well. And he was married. She was married to a, a diplomat. And they, they they had moved to Washington, D.C. from Italy in 2019. She filed for a divorce on June 16th, 2022, after she was uh, already with Lenny. Uh, and this guy's a good-looking dude. I mean, Lenny is not nearly uh, as good-looking of a dude as this. I mean, listen, I don't know dudes for dude, but they, this guy looks like a good-looking dude. And he would put, um, he put little, like, it looks like the parrot emoji. Like, that must have been a thing for them, the parrot emoji, like a little cute thing. It's not cute, though, when you're fully cheating on your wife that you have two kids with, right? Cheating's cute if you don't have kids. <laughs> so I'm livid, and I told you guys this already, but you guys saw that video. I saw it on Queens of Bravo of at the Formula One race where Lisa comes up to Lenny. I'm going to be screaming about this for months and years to come, and she dares to give one of these little lips. I told you she gave a little lick to the lick to Lisa. Like, <laughs> I've got your man. How dare you? When you come for Lisa, you come for the entire Bravo audience. When you're giving that disgusting licking motion, even though you're a very attractive woman, but that doesn't matter because you're a horrible woman at the same time. You have messed with all of us. You have given that disgusting lip motion to all of us and we will not stand for it. This aggression will not stand. Lenny, and this, whatever this other one, let's just call her the other woman. They're dead to us. They're dead to us. Nobody get their boobs done from Lenny Hochstein. Nobody let Lenny do anything with their bodies in Miami. That should just be a hard and fast rule. If you're thinking about getting something done to your body, a reduction, uh, an amplification, whatever, do not go to Dr. Leonard Hochstein. That man is trash. He is just complete trash. But this episode... We're celebrating uh, the marriage of Alexia and Todd. And remember, it took a lot to get us to this point because Alexia's mom passed away on their initial wedding day. So they eloped. So this is finally the party that they had wanted to have this this whole time to celebrate with their friends and stuff like that because they didn't get the wedding that they wanted. So they're doing the wedding on the yacht and... Uh, we see they do this smart thing on this where they don't do on the other housewife shows is that they tease us with what we're going to see in this episode. So we have Marisol being like, I would be the biggest asshole if I let you fight tonight at Alexia's wedding. And then we see, <laughs> we see Lisa, uh, Hawk scene and another scene going, you shut your mouth about my fucking family to Larza. By the way, if you uh, drink every time I say mortgage, because mortgage is the word of the episode. The, and it is so funny because by the end of the episode, you realize Lisa doesn't actually know what a mortgage is. And then seeing actually what ended up happening to Lisa with a relationship that really bums you out because you're like, OK, but mortgages totally aren't always a bad thing. But like you would think more. <laughs> You would think mortgage, I'm trying to think of like the word, you would think mortgage was like the C word, like that she's being called the C word repeatedly. Like, how dare you call me mortgage? How dare you do that to me? 
So also, Adriana has brought uh, this date, this guy named Terry, but you know he's a creep because he spells it T-H-E-R-E-I-R-R-Y. No offense to all the people listening that spell their name like that out in the audience, but I always think the Terry should be spelled T-E-R-R-Y or T-E-R-I, but T-H-E-I-R-R-Y, that's aggressive. That's excessive, and I don't think it should be encouraged. So Terry, I already knew this guy was a douchebag because it turns out he might be married. Um, so, uh, we also have a very gripping scene with Peter, one of Alexia's son, sons, who's gotten into a lot of trouble over the years. If you've kept up with Miami and we have this scene where Alexia is like, Oh, I feel like the moms always get the beatings, but your dad is always perfect. And the bad one is me. Remember, I want to remind you guys, these are not good voices. They're just voices. But Alexia, I, I, we'll get to that scene. Um, and then, of course, uh, we have this scene where Lisa's going, should I call 911 to her staff? And Lenny's like, no, Lisa, don't call 911 for what? Do you understand what I'm saying? And Lisa's like, oh, my God. And we don't know what that is. So I'm like, oh, shit, what are we calling 911 about? And then we cut to, dun, dun. we cut to the song. And then we're back on the yacht where we ended episode two, where the MC's like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, it's my honor to present Mr. and Mrs. Todd Napoli. And they just look beautiful, you guys. And Gertie lets out a scream like, yes. And Marisol's like, beautiful in between sips of her vodka. Um, and then Nicole's laughing, all the ladies are having a good time on the top deck. I gotta tell you, this is where this show also wins. Like I always say, the cinematography, they make Miami look so beautiful. It probably is beautiful, I've never been, but they make it look so delightful, and it's just a stunning backdrop. And the cameras are so high depth that they're, it just really, to me... This is the kind of wealth that Beverly Hills thinks they have. Beverly Hills looks dirty compared to Miami or just the overall look of the entire show. So Todd and Alexis, uh, Todd and Alexia are dancing. Gertie keeps going, yes, yes. We see Julia and Adriana dancing. And then we see the back deck and everybody's booty shaking on the back deck. So top deck, people are dancing back deck, back deck. It kind of reminds me of that scene in Titanic where they showed where all the people like Leota, like the poor people like partied and like Kate Winslet was dancing. Don't get me started on Titanic right now. Do not get me. But anyways, Marisol's like, celebrate love. Let's celebrate love tonight. And the MC's like. Um, I'd like to invite everyone to please come this way. We're about to start this beautiful event. And Todd says, uh, well, this is an outrageous crowd. I'm so happy you all came. Thank you very much for Alexia. This means the world. It's, uh, you know, long overdue. Uh, and uh, a lot of you guys, you don't know the story uh, of how I met Alexia. Uh, a lot of you heard different stories of how I met Alexia. And there's just light chuckles because I don't think anybody really thought it that funny. And he goes, but the truth is, and we see Marisol tearing up next to Larza. Well, when I asked her out, she said, yes, she gave me a business card. And I didn't know what to do with that. But her number is on that card. And but no one know what no one knows other than me is. And Alexia goes, you still have the card? And he goes, I still have the business card. And this is, I had two simultaneous thoughts. I need to get the, my hands on this business card for my reality show museum. Because wouldn't that be a, just a nice piece uh, like the, to really show off of this is the card? And secondly, like, so what? You kept the card. Like, do you know how much shit I've kept? It's like a more, it's like a classier hoarders over here. My storage unit, I've got like, I've got napkins from 
Tom Tom from like three years ago. Like, not use napkins probably. Like, so what? You kept the bit, but it's cute. Everybody's like, oh my god, they all clap, and he's like, yeah. Um, and we see shots of Nicole and her sweaty husband. Uh, he does he. Which reminds me of me. Like every time I see this guy, he's got this big bushy beard, and he's kind of a little, a little damp. Which is like just classic me. Because you know, I'm like, I feel like I would be. It's Miami's probably not the climate for me, just in how I sweat. Uh, but he says, I never thought I would have a woman as spectacular as Alexia. You know, and then I would gain two sons and you would gain two daughters and we get shots of his daughters, Gabriella and Sophia. But that's what this is. And I couldn't be happier than to be standing here with Frankie and Peter and Gabrielle and Sophie and you girls, you daughters, I give you brothers. And they're all just smiling. It's really pretty. And Peter, um, I, I said it must be tough for Peter to be on this show because what we know of Peter is that he's a very rough character, you know? And most of the time, somebody like Peter, it would go unnoticed if their moms weren't on TV. But and I'm I'm not excusing his behavior, but just realize that a lot of people like we would never know about Peter, most likely, if it wasn't that Alexia was on TV. So it's got to be weird. And it unfortunately doesn't seem like it potentially has taught him a lesson yet. I hate to say that, but it just doesn't seem to with the trouble that he got into with his current girlfriend a while back, which they talk about in this episode. So uh, he goes, Alexia, Astrid, Napola, I love you. And she has white gloves on her hands and she's crying. It's just all pretty. And a talking head Marisol says, Alexia and I have been friends since the year 2000. The roads we have been through, the marriage, the hiccups. And Marisol, like I want to point out every episode just to give, uh, you know, just to pay homage is... Mama Elsa's daughter through and through at every talking head. I just feel like she gets closer and closer to being Mama Elsa herself. You know where I almost was like, Alexia and I have been friends since the year 2000. She's, it's not there yet, but you're starting to hear a little bit of a uh, lowering of the vocal cords. Um, we go back to Todd and he goes, nothing I could give you today to show you how much I love you. Marisol back in the talking head goes, I can't believe we're finally here today. It's huge accomplishment. It's huge. And it's a really great day for my friend. The Marisol Alexia friendship is really cute. I mean, sometimes I think they push each other and agree with each other too much, but I still love to see actually good friends. But then he goes, uh, we're back to Todd's speech. And he goes, I love when you call me your gringo. And then he speaks Span- Spanish. And it says, like, this gringo speaks a little Spanish. And Marisol's in the crowd going, like, oh, my goodness, speaking Spanish. And Alexia's like, I'm loving it, baby. I'm loving it. And he's like, te quiero para siempre, mi amor. In a talking head, Alexia's like, Todd is everything to me. Always been accepting of my sons. And he's close to me. It's why I fell in love with Todd. And then he goes, now I want to have fun. Who wants to have fun? And we see fireworks in the night sky, just insane cinematography of the Miami skyline. And we hear Marisol going, that's a pretty penny. I'm counting it by the minute. Because remember, she also is a party planner. Well, she used to be a publicist, so she's used to these events. But I also love friends that keep tabs on uh, pricing. You know, she's like, well, there's $1,000 right there. (laughs) Adriana goes, I'm coming in. And they're kissing. There's more fireworks. And then uh, Lisa says, I need a drink. And Nicole is talking with Kiki. And they went downstairs and they all intersperse this with fireworks. And um, 
So we see Marisol, uh, Lisa, Nicole, and Adriana sitting down. And Lisa says, listen, I'm amongst friends right now. So I'm going to tell you guys how I feel about this situation. And she's going to talk about the Larza situation again, the Morgan situation. We see Larza upstairs and she's going, I need five or six shots right now. I always just, Larza is such an interesting character. I'm so glad she's on this show. And I just, her voice is so like, it's always like, I need five or six shots right now. There's a lightness that I just, it's very interesting because it kind of really doesn't go with her actions. A lot of the time we cut back to Lisa and she's like, I let my guard down now again, thinking, you know, that maybe this could go right with our friendship. And, you know, I thought it was going well in the beginning. And all of a sudden Larza walks into the room and Lisa goes, hi, Larza, we're talking about you. Yeah. And Larza says, I don't want to argue with you at a wedding. That's crazy. And Lisa's like, but you're really mean. And Larsa goes, what's mean? And Lisa goes, your opinion was mean. And Lisa goes, you hit below the belt. And Larsa goes, what about what about mean? You're hitting below the belt. You're mean. And this is just a classic housewife argument of people parroting the same sentence back and forth. I think you're mean and hitting below the belt. No, I think you're hitting below the belt and you're mean. It's just back and forth. And Lisa says, you've done, you've done it with her. You've done it with her. And now you're doing it to me. And Larsa says, Lisa, I'm your friend. You have opinions. I have facts. And they're just talking all over each other. And then someone just says mortgage. And Lisa says, it's not about the mortgage and Marisol covers her eyes which you would usually cover your ears but Marisol's like I can't see this and Nicole's face is like you leaks and Lisa says it's the fact that you're lying about me Larza and Marisol says I'd be the biggest asshole if I let you guys fight tonight at Alexia's wedding and Larza goes we're not gonna fight which by the way is so funny because they literally are in the middle of a fight and Marisol goes let's table it let's table it and Lisa goes Larza why are you trying to hurt me and Larza goes how am I trying to hurt you and Marisol says I'm gonna throw everybody overboard if you don't stop and Kiki goes don't throw me overboard because I don't know how to swim which is actually a very sad uh it's like I just thought that was great if, like, the needle dropped and all of a sudden we teach her how to swim. Um, then Lisa goes, you're trying to imply that I can't afford my lifestyle. Why? Why? And you're thinking, like, oh, this is so silly. What a silly fight. But then you kind of start to think about it. For somebody like Lisa, for a lady like this, being able to afford her lifestyle... And to look like that to everybody else means the world to her, right? So this is life or death for her. Because being able to prove that you are not a fraud, that you do have the money that you perpetuate to have with your clothing and your cars and your houses, it's it's everything to her. So of course she's going to get this angry. We might think it's completely silly, and it is because our lives are just completely different. And Lars is like, I didn't say that. I, Lisa, I didn't say that. And Lisa goes, and that's fucked up. And Lars goes, I didn't say that. And Lisa goes, so you better shut your mouth about my fucking family, Lisa. And she's like spitting and like, she's really pissed off. And Marisol goes, Lisa, stop. Nicole's trying to grab Lisa's shoulder. And Lisa's like, you always tell me you're a great friend. And Nicole goes, come on, there's, there's actual people coming. Let's just stop. Cause this is actually a, a live wedding. We see people coming in and Marisol says, guys, guys, please, please, please. I do wonder how I would love at certain points of the episode. If we would just, um, uh, make make Marisol blow into a breathalyzer. I would love to get her breathalyzer results like every five minutes on this show. Nicole in a talking head goes, Alexia has been through so much this past year. She really, really deserves a drama-free wedding. And I was like, well, she does, but it depends on how much 
the production paid for the wedding. If the production t- put in a lot for the wedding, then she doesn't deserve a drama free. We need some drama. Nicole says to Julia, I don't know how many vodkas I've had, but it's definitely not enough. And Julia just says nothing. Like just, Julia, if she's having like, she, it's a very, Julia's just such an interesting character. Like it works in the sense that it doesn't work. She's so left of center in this really great way. But it's funny because when other ladies will try to, like, bounce off her, she just will give nothing sometimes. Um, so we get shots of the family taking photos with the bride and groom. Julia is talking to Marisol. And she, Julia goes, I sell eggs. I sell eggs. And Marisol goes, you sell eggs. And Nicole says, well, I had lunch with Julia the other night, right? So this one was getting a sty. And she points at Adriana. And uh, so... so n- so Julia shows up with a hard-boiled egg in her purse. And I'm like, where the fuck is this story going? And Julia goes, in a vegan restaurant I did. And we get a flashback to this where Adriana's like going, Julia, what are you doing? And Julia says, it's my compress, my compression. American doctors don't do it, but in Russia, that's what we do. So she's putting a hard-boiled egg to cure Adriana's sty. I swear to God, this it, Julia is just trying to get rid of these eggs. We saw last episode, like she has like sixty dozen a week. She's probably using these eggs on everything. Like they're like, she's probably, it's like a Yanni egg. She's probably just jamming eggs everywhere. Who knows? Also, I've told you guys my sty story. One of the worst birthdays I ever had was um, I was on the set of. I used to come out here on the summers when I was in high school to work as an actor or even as an extra just to get experience. And I worked on the Lenny Kravitz American Woman music video. American Woman, get away from me. And um, it was for the Austin Powers soundtrack, Austin Powers 2. And I was like, okay, it was on my birthday. And me and my girlfriend at the time, we got booked on it as like dancers. And we had to wear like, I think like 70s clothes or something. And we pull up to this in like the desert. Like we had to drive like an hour and a half. And then they put us on a bus and drove us out even further so you couldn't get away. (laughs) I started like you weren't even near your car. And all of a sudden, like it was literally the middle of the desert. Like we were in the middle of the desert. not. And all of a sudden, like. Lenny Kravitz is on the top, I think, like some bus dancing with Heather Graham, the actor. It's like a Megan woman. And I'm like on the ground, just sand whipping my face. And it's my birthday. And like that, it just wears off really. Everybody's like, oh, Lenny Kravitz, that'd be so cool. It's cool for like about 10 minutes. And then you've heard like American Woman like 40 times in a row. And you're like, I don't even like this song anymore. And the sand is just whipping you. And I remember I got a huge sty because of Lenny Kravitz that I like, there are pictures. Like two months of me with this fucking sty looking like Kyle from Summer House. And I always just mean like every time I hear a Lindy Kravitz song, it just it sends shivers down my eye. Like it is just it's horrible. So anyways, Julia, I didn't even think about this hard boiled egg thing. I wish I had known about this. We're back on the boat and Julia is like, you put the egg in and it helps you with your sty. And Marisol goes, I haven't tried. I haven't tried. Um and then Marisol goes, I haven't tried your olive oil drinking yet either. <laughs> I, I, I don't even get hangovers. Because remember, uh, Julia drinks olive oil to stop from hangovers. And also, 
Marisol, you're not going to get a hangover because you never stop drinking. You would have to stop drinking to actually have the hangover start. Um, we cut to the guys on the boat and Anthony, Nicole's husband, the, this, the guy that's moist like I would be on this boat. He's trying to talk with the guys like Todd and, you know, they're trying to make the guys of Miami a thing. They always do this with these housewife shows. And he's like, uh, you know, Todd, you put together an amazing event. You know, I couldn't hear your speech at all, but uh, you really talked, buddy. I felt like it was childhood to meeting Alexia. He's giving Todd shit. And Todd goes, hey, I rented the boat for five hours. I have four more hours. I might as well talk, huh? (laughs) Russell, Gertie's husband, laughs. And I'm like, okay, do they have the charm? I don't feel it yet. I like these guys individually, but I don't know if they have the charm to come together like a Real Housewives of New Jersey team or even... I mean, are those the guys that we like the most? Anyways, we cut to Julia meeting Terry, T-H-I-E-R-R-Y, Adriana's date. And Julia's like, you have a good handshake. I like it. Your date number one had a very wimpy handshake, referring to another date that Adriana had. They call them date number one and date number two. We cut back to the guys. The girls come up and... Anthony goes, why are you always messing up the theatrical experience to his wife? And Cole asks Anthony, how's your vodka? And he goes, my 87th vodka is going down just as nice as the first one. (laughs) I'm a quarter Irish, so I can do this all night. And then Marisol and her husband, Marisol and her, she goes, me and my husband are a quarter Irish too. And I'm like, no, Marisol, you just love drinking. Um, Anthony goes, yeah, I can do this all night. And Nicole says, Marisol can too. Marisol in a talking head goes, I would say the best drunks in the group are, hello, me, first, Gertie, Lisa, and Alexia, very fun drinkers. Julia, forget it. No, no, no good at drinking that one. And we get a flashback to Julia throwing up last season and them having to call an ambulance. I love when anybody talks about competitive drinking. Like, it's not like a wing-eating competition. You're just drinking straight vodka. Um, So... (laughs) Marisol goes to Anthony, I can out drink all you motherfuckers. And I truly believe it. Like Marisol is no joke. Uh, we see shots of the boat going under the bridge, the cake being wheeled out. Uh, girls are up on the top deck. Lisa tells Larza, you need to walk the plank. And I'm like, no, she said that last week's episode. She's like, where's the plank? And the guy was like, that's only on pirate ships and walk the plank. And I'm like, stop. The fight's over. Like, why are you bringing this back up again? And Lisa goes, I don't know if I should love you or hate you, Larza. And Larza goes, love me. And Lisa says, Larza, you are not being a friend right now. And Larza goes, are you being a friend? And Lisa goes, are you being a friend? So we're back in the parodying action. Are you being a friend? I don't know. Are you being a friend? And Gertie in a talking head goes, I don't really care if what Larza is saying about Lisa's fiance, uh, Lisa's finances is true or not. I don't speak this language. I speak a lot of languages, but I don't speak bullshit. And Lisa says, I'm sorry. And Larsa goes, I'm sorry. And Lisa goes, you're sorry? Are you? And Larsa goes, yeah, I'm sorry. And Lisa says, well, I want to be done with this. And Larsa says, me too. Let's do a toast. And Gertie says, to Alexia, new beginnings, like the real deal. And new beginnings was, of course, the party that Larsa threw. She got a title for her party in the first episode of the season, new beginnings. So they all see it. I love how, you know, Lisa can be so offended and all of a sudden of like, are you sorry? I'm sorry. Let's be sorry. Let's do a toast and say we're sorry. Okay, we're sorry. Moving on. 
Um, Larza says, Lisa, I wanted to give you a rose, but it's an olive branch. I love you and I'm proud of you. Just don't say shit about me and we'll be great. And Lisa goes, don't say shit about me. And Larza goes, I won't. And Lisa's kind of smiling right now. It's one of those fights between people that are like, it's, they think they're like, it's a battle of wits, but it's not It's just really basic. So Gertie also, somebody was making fun of Gertie's faces the other day. I think Gertie has the best reaction faces ever. Cause Gertie's like. You can just read it on her face, and I love it. I love a face that you can read. Uh, anyways, they're all like, I'm ready to turn up. Let's go. And everybody's dancing, and the song is like, be a freak like me. You're going to be a freak like me. And I was like, they want to be selling Sunset so bad. And my advice is go for it. Let's like like have every – do a soundtrack for Miami. Seriously. Larza tells um, – Larza takes Julia and says – we're getting married because I'm a real one. And Adriana says, don't get married yet. They're just all being flirty and drunk. The cake gets fed to the bride and groom. Uh, Lisa pretends to throw Larza over, which could have just gone really bad. And Todd says to Alexia, I'm going to fuck that makeup. I'm going to fuck that makeup off. <laughs> he goes, I'm going to fuck that makeup off as they look at fireworks. And she goes, yeah, I like it. Hey, girl, I'm going to fuck that makeup off tonight, huh? Hey, I'm going to fuck that makeup off. And we cut to daytime the next day, oceans, beaches. We're in Alexia's apartment with Frankie and Todd. We see Todd come in and he goes, I, I got to go to the mall to buy a present. And they have one of those apartments, you guys, where the cars are in the apartment and then you drive the car into an elevator and then it goes down the high rise. Are you, this is like Batman level shit. I geeked out. Like, could you imagine my Corolla up there? Oh, just like, I just thought that was so cool. We're bouncing around all the housewives. We see Nicole in her car. She's calling a coworker. She's about to put in a 24 hour shift at the hospital. I always forget that Nicole works too. a real job. I mean, as a doc, like that's a doc. That's really amazing. Um, but 24 hours, why do we do that to our doctors? Like, is it just that short staffed? Why are shifts that long? Um, so we get shots of uh, just everybody. Marisol saying, it's time to relax. We get a shot of Lisa trying to pop a champagne bottle and not being able to do it. And she's like, Sandra, can I get your help for a second? One of her staff members. Um, we're now at the Como Como restaurant and bar. Julia comes in and she's meeting with Allie and Josh and this other gentleman. And Kiki set this up for her, but basically this whole scene is that they want, and she wants to revamp her modeling career. She wants to get back into modeling after, you know, being a little bit older, having kids, um, you know, coming out as a lesbian, being married to Martina. She wants to get back to that. And so she is meeting with representation, talking about the pics that she's going to have done. We get to see some of her old pics. Um, and they're all very excited to work with her. And more importantly, her daughters want her to do it. They're like, good, please. You're going batshit crazy on that farm over there. I mean, but all, I mean, who takes care of these animals when she's not there? That's what worries me. What if she books some big modeling jobs? Are those like, are those little sheep fucked? Who feeds the sheep when Julia's not there? I've been worried about those animals all week because I'm like, if we, if Julia's booked and busy ever, who's going to get those eggs? Who's taking care of it? You know, Adriana isn't over there taking care of those animals. 
So basically this whole scene, it's just like she's going to get back into modeling. I predict we'll see her do a modeling shoot by the end of this season. But it's great because it just shows that women of her age can work. And she says she's really proud that there's no more taboos about size or age. And she says she's a little self-conscious, of course, with so many years passing since she's did this last. She goes, my size, my body used to be petite and has changed. And I'm not, you know, completely in shape uh, for my age, but I'm not going to be doing the same pics that I did when I was 18 or 20 years old. Definitely not my thing. And I'm like, yeah, there's a market for everybody. There's also a market for just being yourself. And I hopefully 2023 is even a further impression that 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 is true is that we want to encourage people to be themselves. Um, so basically they are going to start this process and, uh, you know, she's like, Hey, imagine a Russian model lesbian and going back into fashion and I'm empowered now and I'm going to embrace who I am and not be hiding. And I was like, that's a really important lesson. Like it might, this might be one of those like kind of boring scenes where you're like, okay, but that really, if you think about it, that's an important lesson that I think these housewives shows, they kind of sneak in sometimes that I like. She's like, I don't have to lie or pretend. So they're going to set up a test shoot. So now we cut to Miami locations. We see so much water in these interstitial shots. We see Givenchy, Louis Vuitton, and Alexia is at Alexia and Frankie's nail salon. That's what it's called. Alexia is speaking Spanish saying, who is missing acetone? Who? And Marisol walks in. And uh, they always have these scenes, it seems like, at the nail salon. And Alexia's like, I'm doing skinny people food. It's olives. And Marisol goes, I love skinny people food. It's my favorite. <laughs> we don't believe that Marisol eats it all, though, unless they, you know, it was like a vodka lollipop or something. Alexia says, even though there's cheese, I don't know if that's skinny people food. And Marisol goes, I love food. And Alexia goes, look how cute you are. And Marisol says, oh, thank you. I'm just trying to be like you. And they're both wearing black and white shoes. And this really tickles them. You ladies, you get tickled by just these clothing thing. Like, I've never, like... I mean, just to be honest, I don't really hang out with guys. Like, but when I did hang out with guys a lot back pre-pandemic, we weren't always like, oh my God, are you wearing underwear too? Holy shit. Oh my God, tennis shoes. We're wearing tennis shoes. Like everything, all, ladies get a kick out if you guys are wearing anything close to similar. That one Beverly Hills where like the three, like Erica, Lisa, and was it Garcelle were all wearing that pink, pink number and they all like freaked the fuck out for 20 minutes. Um... So Alexia says, well, it's all worked out at the end of the day. My wedding, my party worked out too. And Marisol says, the food was great. The liquor was premium. Thank God. Because if I start with a bad drink and I can't get a good drink, my whole night is off. <laughs> Which once again, ding, ding, ding. Always not a great thing to say on national television. <laughs> like, I, And then at Talking Head, we see Marisol with her cocktail. And she goes, Marisol goes, a Marisol cocky is very stiff. Not so cocky, which is his cocktail, but I really want to, I really, I'm going to probably write a letter just complaining because I don't want to ever hurt. I don't want to ever hear her say cocky again. Like a Marisol cocky is very, is very, very stiff. And she goes, not much mixer and never ice. And I'm like, Jesus, why don't you just drink it out of the bottle then? What are you taught? Never ice. I like a good old warm vodka. And she goes, you know, too much mixer dilutes my cock. My cocky. Ah! Like, it, like, my stomach's rumbling when I say it. Alexia says, I'm so happy we celebrated with our families. I don't know if you saw Peter went to the wedding. And she goes, yeah, I saw Peter at the wedding. And we get a flashback to him with his girlfriend. 
And Marisol goes, who's the new girl? And Alexa goes, it's not a new girl. It's the same girl. And Marisol goes, the girl from the arrest? And Alexia says, the girl from the incident, I like to call it. <laughs> She's like, I don't like to call it the arrest, the incident. We get a flashback to the reunion last uh, season. And Andy's like, the most recent news was that your son Peter was arrested for charges of domestic abuse. And Alexia going, those are allegations, which we are denying. And we cut back to... Uh, the scene, and Alexia is like a mom telling Marisol, well, she was, you know, drunk off her ass, and he was trying for her not to leave. You know, he grabbed the keys, and, you know, he was like, go home if you want to call your mom, but you can't drive like that because you're obviously drunk. That is such a mom thing of like, no, my son was being a hero. He wasn't being abusive. He was saying, you're so wasted. I don't want you to drive drunk, so I will take your keys forcibly. Uh, listen, I wasn't there. I can't, but like mothers do this and she is this overprotective Cuban mom. But also Peter has like these, a past of a lot of different incidents. If you look up his past behavior that, I don't know, I just, I just hope she's, it's hard, man, with family. It really is. You guys, today's podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Rocket Money. Now, Rocket Money is a product that I actually use. I talked about it last week as well, and I'm so psyched that they are back with us again this week. Now, you are in a new year, and you got to have goals in your new year. And a lot of people's new goals, myself included, is to manage my money better, to have an actual budget to budget better, to save money. And that is where Rocket Money comes in handy. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80, this is actually fascinating. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. I do this all the time. Like, you know, a streaming service you bought to watch just one show on and that free trial that you forgot to, uh, you forgot to cancel. So they keep charging you and you just don't know about it. Rocket money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you. So you can stop paying for the ones that you don't want. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button. Guys, that's as far as my brain works, just clicking buttons, and that's why Rocket Money is so dang easy. Um, simply find the subscription you don't want, and all you have to do is press cancel. And then Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth. Get this, over 3 million people have used Rocket Money. And it saves the average person up to $720 a year. Now, they help me cancel uh, my Entertainment Weekly, which actually even went out of business. They uh, helped me cancel, well, they reminded me that I have True TV, which I signed up for to interview a guest. They reminded me that I have Disney Plus. It really goes through and it makes you think about each thing that you have and if you like it and need it in your life still. So it's so useful. Um, it's one of those things that you're going to be shocked about how many things that you didn't know you have. 
In fact, I have so many like editing, well, like, cause I make all of the memes, you guys. And so there's all of these like uh, things that I'll pay like five bucks a month to help. Like, like there's like meme maker or um, like things that'll like frametastic and all of these apps, but they cost money. And then I forget that I sign up for them and that I'm paying that for them on a monthly basis. And so this is so easy. It lays it out right there for you on an app. Um, so far, I've saved a couple hundred bucks and I'm hoping to save a lot more this year. So stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash so bad. That's rocketmoney.com slash so bad. Rocketmoney.com slash so bad. That'll also be in the show description as well. But always just go check it out. Just click on it. See if it's something worthwhile to you. But I know on this one, it actually very much is. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket, and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash 
so bad. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Flies style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. Is You just overlook a lot of obvious behavior. Um, but Marisol goes, and then Marisol, this is where she plays into the friendship too much. She goes, that's so responsible of him. That's amazing. I'm like, okay, Marisol. Alexi goes, yeah, Peter called me and he said, mom, you need to come here because this is going to end up like this. And that's exactly how it ended up. And it's such a humiliating experience for him. This woman did this to him. And I'm like, oh, no, no, this woman did this to him. And then talking to Ed, she's like, I was there. I saw my son go to jail, like handcuffed. And I was the one who had to get him out and do all of it. And now they're happily in love again. And I'm not, uh, you know, supposed to say anything. I can't think anything about it. And Marisol goes, he's still hanging out with her? And Alexia goes, I don't know. And Marisol says, well, that's not love. He's dick-whipped, right? He's dick-whipped. And Alexia goes, what, 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 what does that mean? And Marisol goes, oh, no, he's pussy-whipped. I'm sorry, I said it wrong. He's pussy-whipped. And the talking head Marisol says, I love pussy-whipping a man, by the way. I bet you do, too, she says to the producer. And she has her cocky, right? That's, ugh. I've got my cocky. I love to pussy whoop with my cocky. I am Marisol. Yeah. Alexia says, what do I do? If this girl my son wants, I cannot make him choose between me and this girl. In a talking head, she goes, have you met her? You know, have you met me? I'm a Cuban mom. I want to protect him so bad. You know, and that's definitely a Cuban mom. And she's speaking Spanish. She's like, I want to protect him from everything. I want him to figure out on his own, but I want him to know I'm going to be in his life forever. I'm not going to change. It's never going to happen. It's very threatening. Like, it's re and it's just because it's so resolute. Alexia says to Marisol, what do I do? Love conquers all. Love wins. You know, I'm super romantic. Marisol says, well, that's me too. You know, that's why we've been married three times each. <laughs> we cut to more tall buildings. Uh, this is a scene with Larza. And her dog, like her dog trainer, Jazz, J-A-S. And it's basically Larza selling these halo dog collars and finding a way to bring them on the show. And then she's like, you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to like make it so all the girls will have a dog party and I'll give them all halo collars. And then we see this guy trying to like train her two dogs and then f help her film content for like, hi, I'm Larza Pippen for halo dog collars. You know what? I love putting a halo dog collar on my dog. It obeys when i do <laughs> the dogs the dogs by the way seem like they're batshit crazy she says they're not getting used to apartment living and i'm like you know hey listen i've never gotten used to it either um so this is just that dog we've seen this dog trainer scene in so many like they used to have one in dallas um they you know we've seen this scene a lot i will say though larza and white spandex is another time where she just has the huge larza ass 
the BBL that has not been dissolved yet. Uh, so that's, it's fun just to, it's like visual, it's like seeing Avatar. You're like the technology it takes just to watch this because you did you know, the widescreen. Uh, anyway, so the, the dog's being trained. They're going to do this thing down the line. So we'll see that in another episode. They shoot this content. She keeps screwing up her lines, which I think is always funny when somebody's an influencer, but they're not really that great at it. Like they've got all the followers, they've got all that, but they're never like selling it. They're never like, I'll tell you why you need Halo dog collars. They're always like, I'll tell you why I like Halo dog collars. Like, the collars are cool and it's great. Um, she also makes a point to let us know that she was a political science major when she went to, uh, when she was in college and she wanted to go to law school, but then she met Scott, Scotty out of college and she started focusing on him and the kids, which is also interesting if true, because now you see her really focusing on herself this last, it feels like they've tried to be divorced forever, even though it's a recent divorce, but they've been separated for so long. But Larza, you know, a lot of people forget they don't, they haven't seen the first season of Miami when she was with Scotty and just a mother and a wife. And it's really interesting to see how she's changed completely. Um, so then we cut to this beach scene where it's way too windy to be doing a beach scene, but they must have had this as a location. They're popping bottles. Nicole's there. Kiki comes out. Uh, Kiki's hat falls off. Alexia comes there. Um, everybody's making hat jokes about the wind. And they're talking about the wedding, how great it was. And Kiki goes, well, I had a whole thing with Frankie. He had a huge crush on me. And Xana, Lars's friend, Kiki tells Alexia. And we cut back to a flashback of Frankie on the boat where Frankie's talking to Kiki. He's like, you're so fucking beautiful, my love. You too, to Xana. And Xana shows him that she has a ring. And he goes, oh, no. Oh, no. I gotta say, Frankie is a pimp. P-I-M-P. This dude plays it. He, I I find Frankie so charming. Alexia, um, so Alexia says, yeah, I called Frankie when I was on my way and I said I was meeting you girls. And he goes, mom, be calm. Don't fight. Don't fight. Because he saw us fight the other night. And I, I just think that's so, it's so awesome that Frankie, you know, she's like, no, mom, I don't want you to fight with those ladies. Uh, Nicole says he saw Lisa in her feelings at the party get into a fight with Larza, and it was bad. Julia comes with her muzzled dog, Zaro, who has a shoe on. Adriana comes in. Gertie comes in. They ask Nicole about her dad, if there's been any movement. And she goes, you know, things have not been great with us. Uh, Mom got COVID, and you know who was the one who showed up, though, was my dad. And Alexia goes, yeah, your dad. I'm sure that touched your heart. And Nicole goes, it did, but I'm just not there yet to forgive him. And Alexia goes, it takes a while. You're holding a grudge for the past, but he had to go to prison. He had to miss all those years with you. He wasn't in your life because of that, and he's never going to make up those years. I lost my mom during COVID, and my dad at a very young age you're not you're not going to have them forever which by the way my accent now is almost turning into jersey a little bit it's just it's really great but alexia and the talking head continues she's like i'm sorry but i'm cuban and you just have to accept your dad i'm sorry that's your dad nicole you are like a little snotty little daughter you know with my father and my mother there's a certain respect you start focusing on the good i'm sure there's a lot what she's saying here is really difficult though because it's like 
I get what she's saying, but it's almost like you give your parents a free pass. But it's also very interesting how Alexia does that free pass thing with her son as well. In that situation she was just referring to with Marisol. There's a lot of things that have like, maybe we shouldn't, maybe we need to hold people accountable more. Maybe that is one of Alexia's kind of like flaws in a way, if there is any, because I think she is so amazing in so many ways. Uh, but maybe that's a flaw is that she doesn't hold people accountable when they should be. Um, because I understand why Nicole has not been able to forgive her dad. And especially after seeing him in that scene last season. Um, but Nicole's like, I know, I know. Uh, so Gertie, uh, gets there. It's like, Oh, the party, the yacht was beautiful. But the only thing I didn't like was that there was tipping. You had tipping jars at the bar, you know, don't be begging for dollar bills. (laughs) Don't be begging. I'm a Jersey. I'm J- Goody's Jersey now. Don't be begging for dollar bills at a wedding. No, but she was just saying there was there was there was dollar there was tip jars out. That's ridiculous. You don't do that at a classy wedding. I agree with that actually. Adriana walks up and uh, more jokes about the wind. And Julia says, uh, "Hey, date number two last year. He moved up. I saw him at the wedding. We're of course talking about Terry." And Alexia says, yeah, so what uh, happened with date number one, Jacob, who was the other guy? And she goes, well, when we were in New York, he was there. And we cut to Andy at the reunion from last season. He going, any guys that have passed the four-month no-sex test? Because remember, she waits four months now to have sex with a guy. And she goes, yeah, Jacob, that was great. And it was worth the wait, yes. But it turns out after the reunion, he stormed out. And he came after her on social media. And he showed a video of her two and a half years ago when she had just gotten divorced. And her face looked just as horrible as she feels inside, felt inside. And she he released those pics, the before and the after, and he posted them and said, I'm popping her cherry. And she goes, it was so hurtful. I thought I knew him and he wasn't who I thought he was. He wasn't, he was, he was for a, like, I wasn't who thought he was. He wasn't worth he entering me. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't the man I thought he was to let him enter me. And Gertie says, access not permitted. And they all laugh. And they're all down to it, like, party walls, the moat, you have to be worthy. They're making a lot of partying Adriana's vagina wall jokes. Uh, Alexia asks about Terry, and Alexia goes, is he single? And Adriana's like, well, yeah, from what I heard. And Alexia goes, well, I hear he's very married. I hear he's very married. And Gertie's face is like, zoinks! And Adriana's like, well, I don't think he is. And Alexia goes, just check. It's worth the conversation. You know, it's coming from a good place. I really want you to talk to him. And Alexia in a talking head says, oh, I would be a bad friend if I didn't tell her about that. And a talking head, Adriana says, you just got married to the man of your dreams. Why are you worried about my man? And Alexia says, sometimes it's too late. Like there's a statue of limitations and you find out they're married too late. You need to find this out early in a relationship. I always think that is a good thing. You know, you do want to find out usually if people are married earlier on. I always, that's probably a good rule of thumb. Adriana in a talking head is like, who is feeding Alexia this information and why? And Alexia in a talking head is like, you should thank me, bitch. I like when they're going back and forth in talking heads and not to each other's faces. Adriana's on the beach and she's like, I, Adriana's like, I saw you at your highest high, Alexia. You gave me hope at your wedding. And then Alexia says, I want to give you all that hope. All of you are so amazing in every way. And that's why I'm a little disappointed in Larza and Lisa that they can't be here with us right now. But the energy would be a lot different. And Adriana's like, why didn't they come today? And uh, they, you know, they, they go back to the fight about the hookers living in the only, you know, whatever. 
But also, I thought it was very interesting of like what Alexia is saying, that you are all so amazing. I do think this franchise has a core group of friends that is really wonderful. They're, they're not afraid to poke at each other, but there is, seems like a baseline respect that they all have for each other. And I think that's really important. It makes it for a more enjoyable show to watch. Nicole says when Larza heard that Lisa said something, she should have given her the benefit of the doubt because they've been friends for 10 years. And Alexia says, Larza is upset with Lisa because she won't admit she has two mortgages. And Julia says, I have two mortgages. And Alexia's like, yeah, but she won't own it. And Gertie goes, she did own, she said. She said it. And Alexia's like, no, she didn't, Gertie. No. And Gertie says, no. And Julia in a talking head goes, what's the point if you have mortgages? Is that a bad thing? What's your point? That's the thing. Mortgages sometimes aren't that bad of a thing. Nicole in a talking head's like, I don't care if you have a mortgage. I only care about what's in my bank account. And Adriana goes, when you have a mortgage, you own it means you don't rent. And Nicole says, you guys, what if Lisa doesn't even know if she has a mortgage or not? And Alexei says, well, that's what I said. She's in the dark about her finances. I said, are you aware of your finances and, and are you responsible? And she told me that she was like, oh yeah, I take care of everything. And we get a flashback of a FaceTime call where Lisa's like, yes, I do my bills. I pay all of that. I, I do all of it. It's kind of like the 40 year old virgin, Steve Carell of like, yes, the boobs feel so good. They feel like sand. And Alexia goes, you're the one that takes care of all of that in the house. And Lisa goes, yes, I do. Me and Lenny, I, you know, we don't keep anything from each other like that. Alexia in a talking head goes, I don't really believe Lisa. I don't think she manages the finances. Men are very guarded and protective of their money. Um, and Alexia on the beach says, I'm a very smart girl and I was clueless with my finances. When Herman, who was her uh, second husband, who also was bisexual, we found out he was gay after the fact. She was like, I, I didn't even know what my mortgage payment was for my house. My name wasn't even on the deed. In a talking head, she goes, Herman kept me in the dark. I had a budget. And when I went over that budget, he would like cut me off or I would have to beg or do other stuff. Which I'm like, what the hell is other stuff? Like, other stuff? Like, butt stuff? Like, what do you mean other stuff? Like, it's like I want to know more about the other stuff. Adriana says, yeah, when I was going through my divorce, I realized the house I was living in, right, that I, I, I was not even on the deed. And Alexia says, more importantly, why don't you look to see if you're even on the deed? If something happened, it's not your house. It's Lenny's house, which is just really dark foreshadowing. And Adriana's like, she's in the dark. And then all of a sudden, we uh, we cut to this sushi restaurant with Peter and Alexia, the mom and son, having this scene. And Peter comes out so mellow, dude. It's like he just woke up from a nap or he wants about to take a nap. And he's just so subdued that it's like worries. It's like bothersome. And basically, this is just, he goes, she goes, you look sleepy. And he goes, I fell asleep early. And then I woke up watching and I watched the playoff games until 1.30. And she goes, I don't see Peter much these days since he got back with Lauren, spending more time with her and less with me. Uh, I, he just looks like he's about to nod off. Um, and, he, and she goes, do you have fun at the wedding party? And he goes, yeah, so many people. I would turn around and Lauren asked if I knew everyone. And I said, yeah. And Alexia goes, I was happy you were there. I was I was your age, too. And, and, you know, she was really, I know she loves you and you love her. And he goes, for me to take it seriously, my energy and all that, it's because of something. And Alexia goes, Right. I'm happy to see you dancing and you had fun. I'm trying to do my best because my parents were so tough on me, Peter. And when I met your dad, I said I was marrying your dad and my mom didn't speak to me for a whole year. 
And years after that, when I met Herman, my mom didn't approve of that either. And it put me in the position I had to pick her or the man I was with. And I always said to myself, I would never going to do that to you. And he goes, but every time I bring a girl around you, I need to get your approval. It's always a problem. And Alexia goes, if I have, I'm sorry, I did the best that I could. I will own it. Uh, I'm tough that way. But with Lauren, that was crazy situation we were in. I mean, it was crazy. He got arrested. And Peter goes, every girl I've dated, they said the same thing. You're very difficult. Like, oh my God, difficult women again. Of course, Peter, it's everybody's fault but yours. And Alexia is like, anything I done or said, it's because I love you. And Peter's like, you just need to give people a chance. You're very defensive at first. It's always coming between my relationships, always. Oh, I'm the problem, apparently. I feel like the mom always gets the beatings. But your dad is perfect, right? The girls are perfect. The, the girls are perfect. All the women, you know, you're, you're, but you're, I'm the imperfect one. I'm the bad. The bad one is me. And Peter goes, no, I tell you, I think, because I, I, want, I, I want things to be good and not awkward. Well, I'm sorry for being who I am, but I'm never going to let any woman come between us. That is for sure, because you know I am not going anywhere. Very threatening about, like, how much she loves him. And then all of a sudden we cut to nighttime in Miami. And Lisa goes, Lenny, Lenny. And he goes, yes, my queen. Fucking douchebag. And she goes, come here. We have a surprise for you. And her son, Logan, her little son, Logan's there. And he made his daddy a pizza. And he's like, wow, you made this, Logan? And, And the little daughter made a cheese pizza for her dad. And he made a pepperoni. And... He's like, well, this isn't on my diet. I'm like, you eat that damn pizza, you idiot. These are your kids. You're trying to get skinny for your 27-year-old whore. And uh, Lisa goes, well, your dad's a skinny legend, but you can have a bite of your son's pizza. And Lindsay's like, okay, do you want... I'll take a little bite of the pepperoni. And... Lisa goes, ha ha, we're sabotaging your diet. Ha 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 Which now I think it's not funny because Lenny's probably like, you bitch, you don't want me to look good for my 27-year-old girlfriend. And Lisa goes, Lenny, look who's here. It's Chef Calvin. And Chef Calvin is making a whole branzino, a fish, a healthy fish for Lenny, which means Lisa did put some thought into this. And he's like, yes, I can eat that. And in talking to Ed, Lisa says, I decided to do something different out of the ordinary, and I hired a chef, Calvin, to set up a beautiful romantic dinner under the moonlight at our house. We've been, we've been together so long, and it's super important to keep that spark alive, and I hope he appreciates this. They walk outside, and he's like, look at this. It's like he hasn't been at his house in a while. And she goes, yeah, we never eat out here. Can you believe it? You do get the sense that they don't really hang out as much as they want you to believe they do in the show, or that Lisa wants us to believe that they do. She goes, can you believe in the last six years we have not set out to eat once? What is wrong with us? And that, by the way, that's even including the pandemic. I also wonder how big of a hit Lenny's finances hit, like took a hit during the pandemic. Lisa says, uh, my bear, my baby bear, even your face looks tighter. And he's like, has this big goofy grin. And I'm like, I wonder if that grin is like, I've got a secret. I'm fucking somebody else. And she's like, you're looking good. You're looking good. And, uh, she goes, but she goes, you did have a, you did have, used to have a fatter face for sure. And he goes, yeah, I'm so embarrassed how I used to look. And they do a flashback and it's like, he didn't look that different. You guys, like, he's just not, he's just Lenny. He's just a guy named Lenny. Um, she goes, well, obviously I loved it. 
how you looked and I love how you look even more now. You you, you look younger than ever and it's stressing me out because I have to step it up now. And she's like fishing for that compliment and I'm like, oh, this is so dark. The chef comes out and he's like, well, we're starting off with this purple rain, Don Julio, with a little lemon smoky liquid nitrogen bullshit thing and they all toast to that and you can just tell Lenny just thinks she's dumb. Like the way he looks at her. I don't know. It's just weird. Then the first course is ahi tuna live, and there's like a live fish at the bottom. I don't even understand what this was, but they said there was a a live fish in it. I don't know. Then they start talking about the Jack situation, and I'm not talking about Jack's Taylor, but their dog. Their dog they're going to have to put to sleep because of... uh, of some issues that they're having with like, he can't walk on his back legs and like dog scenes just kill me. And especially when a dog is hurting. So this broke my heart to even hear. And they were talking about, you know, Lisa's like, how do you think we should tell our, uh, tell the kids and tell the son. And Lindy's like, how did you find out how to talk to the kids about it? And I'm like, Lenny, you're a fucking doctor. You should know how to like, this is part of your, th- I mean, I guess, I guess he's probably not having like, we had to give you double D's. There's a chance you might die. Lisa says, I've been Googling it, uh, especially for Logan, because at his age, he understands life and death. So I think it's best to let him say goodbye. And if you have any ideas, though, please tell me, she says to Lenny. And he says, I never know how to tell kids. And uh, I was like, I think these are your only kids. How would you? (laughs) Probably haven't had a lot of practice. The next course is this smoked king crab with Russian caviar with a little lemon butter. And um, she's like uh, opening the crab leg, but she wants him to do it. And she's like, obviously... I can't do everything by myself. She's like, obviously I can do everything by myself, but I want you to do it for me. And I'm like, this is just so sad because you know what happens with the cheating. Um, and then she goes, oh, anyway, so funny. When I went, I went to Alexia's wedding and Lars and I had a conversation and I said, I'm sorry I hurt you, but what you said about me and Lindy was malicious. And she said, I work very hard for what I have. And I said, it gets really, it's like, you know, you're newly divorced after 20 years of marriage. I can't imagine that Lars is in a place like that. I really can't. So I understand why she has lashed out at me the way she has. And I like, I like this. Cause like Lenny's, I'm just trying to read Lenny's face of like, yeah, maybe you'll be newly divorced soon, soon too. And Lenny's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he goes, that's right. That's right. And she says, I sympathize with Larsa for sure. She, you know, but she said, not only do you guys have one mortgage, you have two mortgages. And he goes, well, you know what that is. And she goes, yeah. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. She goes, yeah, which is also in the moment. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say it was in our home equity line of credit, which also has a zero balance. This feels like she was coached by Lenny to say, oh yes, I do know it's our home equity line of credit, which has a zero balance. And he goes, that's right. I opened it if I ever needed some cash and I didn't want to sell off any of our securities. So it's just easy way to get cash. And she goes, yeah, totally. I don't think she has a clue what she's agreeing to here. And he goes, but so far I opened it four years ago. I haven't taken a penny out of it yet. I wonder how much of it he spent on that other lady with the the lip licker. And she goes, yeah, I told Larsa this conversation is beneath me. And he goes, yeah, she's embarrassing herself because she doesn't know what a home equity line of credit is. I mean, that's pretty embarrassing. This is that point where you always want one of the, it's like those Fox News commercials where like Ed Asner's like, 
Well, I'm here to talk about home equity loans, Liddy. Thanks for setting me up. With our home equity loans, you can get, yeah, like cash for gold. Lisa says, I mean, yeah. And then she threw this on me. And all you do is like, you know, lean, she says, you all you do is lean on Lenny and she's knocking me, you know, for, for doing that. And we all know that's not true. We lean on each other, Lenny, because we're in a marriage. I lean on you and you lean on me. And that's a partnership. That's a marriage, right? So cheers to our debt-free home, she says. And he's like, ha cheers to our debt-free home. It's so dark, you guys. It's so dark. A worker comes out. I was like, sorry, Lisa, Dr. Dr. Lenny, I, I need to tell you something. And one of their, their staff, I think, took a fall in the shower. I don't know why they were showering there. Maybe they live there. And they think she broke her arm in the shower and they have to call 911. And so Lisa's like, oh, my God. And they all come in and they talk to her and they're like, okay, it's your wrist. And Lenny goes, are you okay? And Lisa says, I'm calling an ambulance. And Lenny says, someone needs to take you to the hospital. Lisa, you don't need to call the ambulance, Lisa. You need an exit. You need need to get her over in a car. You need to drive her over there. And Lisa goes, I'm calling an ambulance. And Lindsay says, some, Lindsay's like, no, 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 don't, no, you don't need to call an ambulance, Lisa. You don't need an ambulance. You just need to, let's just go to Mount Sinai. And she's asking the staff, who can take her? And she goes, why not an ambulance? And Lindy goes, ambulances are for people in an emergency. This is just her wrist. So we're going to put some ice on it. We're going to send her in a car, take her to the hospital and get it checked out. And then she decides to ask the chefs there, the private chefs, should I call 911? And they're like, uh, we would. And Lindy goes, Lindy goes, no, Lisa, don't call 911. That's an abuse of the system. And Lisa's like, I hope she's okay. And Lindy, Lindy, Lindy goes, fine. Lindsay goes, Lindy goes, she didn't break her neck. You know, let's put it into perspective. And that's the end. And he like, such an asshole. Like somebody hurt themselves in their house, one of their workers. And next week is they have like a romantic dinner with Lisa and Lenny. But it's like, and then at the very end of the preview for, for next week, episode four, he's on mic with a hot mic moment where he says he might be getting a divorce soon. Okay, you guys, what a weird, what a weird, wacky show today was. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hey, you guys, and uh, come back on Wednesday for a year in review, a 2022 year in review. Uh, I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Bye. Recording stopped. Betches.